Guys, it is almost Christmas. Like, can you believe tomorrow is already Christmas Eve? This year has freaking flown. It's also going to be the first year in my life I won't be celebrating Christmas Eve or Christmas Day with my family, and I'm kind of bummed about it, but I'm sure this is going to be a bright holiday nonetheless. I just hope that they are prepared for a very long FaceTime call because they know I'm about to attack them. Anyways, now to the real business. Today is day six of Christ and Christmas, and the wise men are going to be our focus today. Tradition holds that there were three wise men, but did you know that some scholars believe that there could have been as many as 12? Like, can you imagine being Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, seeing that many men give up their lives just to find them? Being Mary, my initial thought would be like, this is a mob. They're coming to murder me and my child. We have to go. But, you know, that's okay. She, she, who knows? Maybe she knew it was the wise men. Maybe she knew they were coming. But that's what my initial thought would be. They're coming to attack me. It is a mob. Anyways, it's just interesting to think about. I was wondering the other day why we call them so many different names. There are more commonly known as the wise men, but like they're also called kings or lords and so on. So where did the term wise men come from? Like, what does it really mean? In the King James version of the Bible, wise men is translated from the word magi, which is of Persian origin, also stems from the Greek word mahoi or something like that. I don't speak Greek, but that was my best guess. It's very interesting. So in ancient writings, magi were priests. And they were, they were true prophets, they were righteous people like the shepherds, to which they were revealed that the promised Messiah had been born among men. That was new knowledge to me, and I thought it was super interesting. Whether they were kings or priests, they still left their lives behind to embark on a long journey to see the Christ child. The next topic I kind of want to briefly hit on is the representation behind the gifts they brought him. As we all know, Jesus presented with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But why these specific items? Couldn't they have brought them like food or donkeys or horses? Like, wouldn't those have been more beneficial? Maybe. But now that I've studied them more, I think they are perfect. Gold is obviously very valuable now, and it was just as valuable then, if not more. These riches were definitely game-changing for the poor Mary and Joseph. Like, it's probably what allowed them to find a temporary home so that they could stay safe from Herod, get Joseph work, and Mary to take care of the baby. And probably more. The Bible doesn't exactly say what happened to the gold. But this is just my guess. Because, like, what else were they supposed to do with it, you know? So, what does the gold actually represent? It represents kingship. Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the wise men knew that so they wanted a way to present it. What better object than gold? Some Bible scholars thought that the gold they brought was actually another expensive incense like frankincense and myrrh but I wasn't actually able to find much information on that. But it's an interesting thought to think about. Frankincense was very rare, as the tree that it was extracted from was nearly impossible to grow in the countries Jesus traveled among, and so it was very expensive and only used on special occasions. For example, it was used in temples as part of the worship process. Maybe they did use it for things like that. However, I am personally led to believe they used it for things more like health and healing. Like the medicinal uses it has are almost endless. Today, frankincense in its purest form is sold for about $6,000 per liter. Like, can you imagine its worth back in the time Jesus walked the earth? Like, it's insane. Sure, it's expensive. 
And you probably knew that already. As I mentioned before, it was used in temples and other special occasions all related to divinity. In the case of this as a gift, it represents Christ's divinity. Myrrh, like frankincense, was extracted from a tree that was almost impossible to grow in the climates and grounds of the area. It was used mainly for cleaning and burials, which I did not know. So you can probably guess what it represents at this point. Death, right? I'm not sure how the wise men knew that Jesus was going to be sacrificed later in life, but they must have somehow learned, whether it be through some sort of revelation or angels or something. But it makes me wonder, like, did Mary save that myrrh until the day she watched Jesus die on the cross? And if not, what did she do with it? Like, I have no idea. But the symbolism of these gifts is heavy. And I just, I want to know so bad what happened to all of these gifts, like, after they were received. I'm just so curious. I think it's cool to think about. So now that we've talked about the wise men and their gifts, now is the time to add them to your nativity scene. Today, I challenge you to think of the wise men and their journey to come closer to Christ. Then I want you to think of your own journey. Maybe write down some ways you can prepare for the future or maybe the most solid parts of your testimony to look back on a time of need. Now, I'm sure you can guess by the empty spot in your nativity, that we will be talking about Jesus. So stay tuned for tomorrow's episode and we will catch you later.